Have you been having a behavior that systematically holds you back and prevents you from achieving what you want? Have you ever wondered if perhaps you were sabotaging yourself? If in doubt, join me after the intro for a conversation with a special guest with whom I will be talking about self-sabotaging, what it is, why we do it, but most importantly, how we can stop and change our behavior. Stay tuned. Do you feel stuck in your life? Do you feel unhappy but not completely sure why that is? Do you hold a grudge towards someone for something they did which affects you and the way you live your life? Have you ever told someone, I forgive you, but in reality you were not completely over what happened? Why is it so difficult to truly forgive? How do we forgive? And can anything and anyone be forgiven? Hi, my name is Rosanna D, and I'm the host of the Forgiven Tribe Show. This is a safe and not judgmental place for sharing opinions and challenging experiences where the practice of forgiveness helped individuals to get unstuck and create a much more fulfilling life than they had before. Join me in this exciting journey to unveil how you too can have the life you deserve. Simply click the subscribe button below to receive notification about future episodes. Welcome to the Forgiven Tribe Show. Today's episode focuses on a topic that affects many of us, and sometimes we are not even aware of it. And yet, it can cost us dearly. Today we talk about self-sabotaging, what it is, what it costs us, why we should stop it, and how we can do it. And we do it in a conversation with Julie Cullen, who is joining us from Glasgow, Scotland. Julie is a personal and career coach who helps women grow in confidence and achieve success in their life and career. Hi, Julie. Welcome to the Forgiven Tribe show, and thank you for being with us today. Hi, Rosanna, and thank you very much for having me here. Fantastic. I'm really looking forward to, to this conversation. So, um, I always love to start with the person I have in front of me and learning a little bit more about their story. And in particular, how did you come to work and uh, be an expert on self-sabotaging? Um, so my background is one of a, a corporate career. Um, so I used to work in the tech sector um, for IBM, a large global corporation. And um, when I worked in that sector, um, very male-dominated kind of environment, and it still is to this day. And so we used to do a lot of work around diversity and trying to encourage more women uh, into the industry, more girls into the industry. We did a lot of schools and stuff as well. And so during that time, I was very involved with some of the organisations that did that. So we would run various workshops and things. And I became very aware of how many of us suffer from a lack of confidence. Even It doesn't even have to be a huge lack of confidence, but for many of us, there's something within our careers that holds us back, and it's usually rooted in a lack of confidence. And I was very aware of it myself as well. I've had a lot of personal confidence challenges over the years. Um, but I always 
found a way through them, round them, dealing with them. I never allowed it to stop me or hold me back, for the most part. Sometimes that was relatively easy to do, sometimes that was a huge challenge. And so through my own experiences and my experiences helping other women grow their careers, trying to encourage them to into their careers, mentoring, I did a lot of mentoring, male and female. And I, I, just, I became very aware that confidence is one of the, the biggest challenges that a lot of people face in their careers. And so when I decided to go into business for myself as a career coach, the same thing kept popping back up again. Whether it's women in employment, women in business, women self-employed, it didn't really matter. I met so many people who were struggling with confidence. And it actually wasn't just women. Um, I met a few men on my travels who openly admitted to having challenges with their confidence. So it kind of opened up. It just seemed an obvious place for me to then take my journey and my business and focus on helping people develop their confidence and deal with some of the behaviours that do sabotage their careers that are actually rooted in their own lack of confidence in their own self-doubt. Wow. So you have experienced self-sabotaging to some extent. Um, mm-hmm. What did you learn from, from this, uh, these experiences at, at a personal level? I think at a personal level, I wished I had realised I was doing it sooner. Um, so I, I tell a story about early on my career where I think within the first three years of my post-university career, I, I recognise now that there was four sabotaging behaviours that I had. I didn't realise were holding me back and sabotaging my career because I think that's the worst thing about some of these self-sabotage behaviours. You actually don't realise the impact it's having on your career until it's kind of highlighted to you. Um, and that's why I kind of focus on this area is to say, I don't want you to have to wait the, the two, three, four years that I did before I realised that there were certain behaviours that weren't supporting my career. Um, Behaviours that sometimes you value, and we'll talk a little bit about that as well. It's not that they're not necessarily bad behaviours, but they're behaviours that may not be supporting you in your career growth with your development. And, and so I just feel like people should learn about these a lot sooner and a lot earlier in their careers so they can just Wow. So um, if it, this is something that we might not fully appreciate of our behaviour, so uh, what can we say, how we can... Uh, sort of define self-sabotaging and recognize these patterns? So I think the first thing that might help you recognize whether you're sabotaging yourself, and you may actually have a, you may have an inkling that you are, um, but the first thing is to recognize is how do you feel about your career, about your progression? Do you feel that things are going well, or do you feel that all of a sudden you become stuck? Maybe you thought your career was on a good path, but all of a sudden it feels as if it's hit a bumper and you're not really sure why. You're still doing all the same things that got you to that place, but you're not moving any further forward. Or maybe you're just starting out your career um, and you thought certain things would happen naturally as you progress, as you joined a new company and started building your career. And you don't feel that things are moving either as quickly as you would like or in the direction that you would like. So once you start to recognize that maybe your career isn't heading in the direction it is, and a lot of my clients, will, when they when we discuss this, they'll say, oh, it's, it's the environment, it's the culture, it's the, 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 the old boys network, or it's the sexism, racism, whatever in the workplace, the, the sort of sub- un- unconscious biases that maybe exist in, 
And they start looking for external reasons as to why their fear has become stuck. And, and so I always start with, well, let's look inside and see if there's something that maybe you're doing, something that you believe or something that you're behaving that might be affecting um, your fear. So if I understand correctly, uh, is when we sort of blame external factors or other people for not achieving what we are we, we would like to achieve yeah and that that can be an indicator now i'm not saying it's all the time sometimes mm-hmm. there are external factors but sometimes instead of putting the blame outside yourself it's worth having that time to reflect on whether or not there's things that you could be doing differently that might help you yeah. So what are the other signs uh, that we can think of when talking about se- uh, self-sabotaging? So I think that's, that's, that is the sort of key thing, is looking for, do you feel stuck? Mm. Do you feel like you're being overlooked? Do you feel that you're not getting the, the promotion that you thought you, should, you deserved? Um, do you feel like other people are moving up the career chain more quickly than you and you don't understand why you feel like you're performing as well as if not better than they are and these can all be little you know indicators that maybe there's some sort of sabotaging behavior going on in there that you want to take a look at right and we are talking about career right now but uh, perhaps similar behaviors are also in other fields for example in relationships right yeah, and it's interesting because uh, when you when you ask me to think about that, obviously my focus is always on career, but certainly some of the the clients that I've had are conversations that moved into relationships and with either partners or family members or extended family in laws. It's a big one, and <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and it's 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 it rooted in a similar thing. So again, if you feel like your relationship has become stuck or you feel like you're not being listened to, or you feel like you're going round in circles, again, does it always end up with you blaming the other person? He or she isn't listening to me. They aren't understanding what I need from this relationship. Again, if you're looking to them for the solution or looking to them to blame, again, take a pause and reflect on, well, is there anything in your behaviours that might be sabotaging that relationship, that might be getting in the way of you involved and getting into this. And is it something that is just related to the um, sort of um, uh, present where we are not confident or perhaps we can find root causes in our past, perhaps in, uh, in traumas and, and situations like this? that can affect our uh, ability of moving forward uh, with our lives? So that's a really interesting question. Um, and there can be lots of different reasons and different types of self-sabotage behavior. So say some of those behaviors you may value. If you're a perfectionist, you would value being a perfectionist. But you may find that perfectionism gets in the way of career growth. Um, so I'm not saying that the sabotage behavior necessarily is very obvious. Um, but it's interesting, I, 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 um, I was trained by Tony Robbins, um, who I absolutely love. And he's got a phrase where he says, the past does not equal the future, which I love because I think that applies in the term 
predominantly um, when you're talking about self-sabotage. Um, because most of the behaviours we have, whether they, they, they will have come from an experience that you've had, it may have been a traumatic experience, or it may just have been the way that you were brought up, or it might have been an experience in the workplace that you've started that behaviour. So, for example, if, if you were grown up and you had very strict parents and your parents would say, good girls don't brag, be seen but not be heard, these kind of messages, then when you get into the workplace, you could then think that you're supposed to be seen but not heard. You're supposed to keep your mouth shut and not brag about what you've achieved. So these can very subtly affect you and your sabotaging experiences. But it can also be that some behaviour that you have um, that has helped you in your career, so it's helped you achieve a certain level within a company, that behaviour you've adopted because it's helped you, maybe the same behaviour that then holds you back from taking the next step up the corporate career ladder because as a leader, you're expected to have a different set of behaviours or set of priorities. So not all sabotaging behaviour comes from trauma. It may do. But the fact is, it's not the behaviour in itself is necessarily bad behaviour. It's about recognising that if you're feeling stuck in your career or stuck in your relationship, then it's about examining whether or not something that you're doing or a belief that you have is somehow sabotaging where you want to take that career or where you want to take that relationship. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it, it does, absolutely. Um, so let's uh, examine this uh, uh, relationship with some of the feelings. Um, we talk about uh, confidence. Um, what about a connection between uh, self-sabotaging and uh, self-esteem or feeling of guilt and uh, regret and uh, self-love and all these other uh, feelings? Is, is there a connection there? And uh, can they help us identify that we have a self-sabotaging behaviour? It's, it's, it's a very interesting... Um topic because there's a presumption that self-sabotage is rooted in a lack of confidence. There's a presumption that it's our own self-doubt, it's our own lack of belief in ourselves, it's our, that, th that these are all sabotaging, this is all rooted in sabotaging behaviour. But in actual fact, you can have the most confident, cocky individual who can still be sabotaging their relationships and can still be sabotaging their careers. So it's not self-sabotage is not necessarily rooted in um, a lack of confidence. That a lot a lot of people who lack confidence will potentially have behaviors that are sabotaging their career, but it's not traumatic behaviors, it's not a, uh, it's not that type of um, doubt in oneself. Because as I say, you could be so, for example, if we take it to the career, which is easier for me to talk about, you know, if if you're the type of person who's a very modest individual, who's very eager to please other people, who likes to be liked, those can all be sabotaging behaviours. 
if you need to lead a team, if you need to talk about your achievements and talk about how good you are at what you do. So, so, so it doesn't have to be extreme behaviours. You can value modesty. But in the workplace, that could be holding you back if you're not confident enough and bold enough to say, I'm really good at what I do. This is why I deserve to achieve the next level. By the same token, if you're someone who is very vocal, likes attention, comes across as very confident and self-assured, you might have a behaviour that is one of um, dominating in a, a, a meeting, for example. Now, you might think that you're contributing to the team, you're contributing to the conversation, you think you're taking the lead, you're doing something very positive. The other people in the room might feel that you are overbearing, dominating. You're not listening to anybody else because you're trying to put your point of view across all the time. That can be sabotaging your career as well. So self-sabotage is not just rooted in self-doubt. So, the, so it's about it's about understanding. I always, when I coach, I'm always looking for what is it you're trying to achieve, and and what's stopping you from achieving that. And then when you understand that your own behaviours can be the one of the causes of you not achieving that, then it's the self reflection to understand those behaviours. That's very interesting because uh, if I understand what you're saying, uh, we cannot really identify a sort of um, avatar of uh, the uh, typical uh, person who self-sabotage because it depends very much on what they want to do. And the same, the same behavior uh, might be uh, sabotaging one person, but not another. Do I understand correctly? Absolutely. It's, I gave this a lot of thought because you're right, in, in the world of coaching, we, we always look for, well, what is our typical avatar? Who's the person? That, that needs our help the most and, and we can identify it. Um, but when you talk about self-sabotage, it's such a wide subject. Now, when I talk about it, I do talk about it from the perspective of a lack of confidence, a lack of belief, because that's my avatar. So I, I pitch my conversation to the, the people who are wanting to hear from me. But as I just mentioned there, you could be a very confident person and still be sabotaging your career. We all have the ability to self-sabotage. And that's why I always say is to start from the position that says, well, what is it I would like to achieve in my career, in my relationship? And why am I not achieving it? And is there anything that I'm doing that could be contributing to me not achieving that goal? Am I sabotaging myself with my behaviors? Well, uh, I, I think this is uh, uh, very interesting, but at the same time, very difficult to, to, to do because... Uh, how can uh, the single uh, person um, really understand whether or not they are self-sabotaging? Um, you know, they, they, as you said, I mean, very often we, we keep blaming uh, circumstances and, uh, or other people, um, while in fact it's, uh, it, it's about ourselves. So uh, perhaps uh, what is the advice there to, to work with, with a coach, to work with, uh, with an expert? Well, that is one option. What one of the things I would say is that potentially um, you may have subconsciously an awareness that you might be sabotaging your view. So some very simple ones. 
if you're a perfectionist, in the, whether it's in the workplace or even in, within your relationships, you'll know the impact that that has on other people. You'll experience it. But you're so bought into the belief that you need to be perfect, that you still continue with the behaviour. But you'll be aware that it has some negative impacts. If you're in a career and, and you're a very modest person who doesn't like bragging about their achievements, doesn't like talking about themselves, you'll know when you get to a certain point in your career that that's holding you back. That the only way you move forward is by telling people about your achievements. They need to know what you're capable of before they can give you the next the next job, the next level, the next promotion. Um, there's the disease to please. If you're always saying yes to everybody else because you just want to keep everybody else happy, but you know it's causing you to be overwhelmed and far too busy. Our self-sabotaging behaviours are not always unknown to us. We just don't stop to take the time to reflect on them. And that's why, yeah, if you do work with someone like myself through a coaching, the very first thing I'm going to do with you is take you through a process where I'm listening for indications of sabotaging behaviour, but I'm also asking you questions about why you do what you do or why you believe what you believe. So one of the things that I tell people if you're not working with a coach is learn to ask yourself, quality questions so if if you're sit, sitting at your desk in the office at the moment listening to this podcast and you're sitting there thinking why can't I get that promotion why am I always feeling why am I never getting looked why am I always being overlooked for the opportunity our brains will give us lots of great answers you're not good enough you're not clever enough you're not smart enough you're not confident enough your brain will give you all the answers if instead you ask yourself a different type of question that says, right, what do I need to do to move forward from where I am now? You're giving your brain the opportunity to find the answer. And in doing so, you'll give your brain the opportunity to work out how you can hold yourself back. So ask yourself a different type of question, much the same way as a coach could do with you. If you ask yourself the right type of question, your brain will find the answer. But I, I get, I, I, I agree, it's not always easy to do yourself. Sometimes you do need someone else to help you with that. Um, but it is all about asking the right type of questions. Oh, I love that. So asking uh, open questions and uh, not the why that uh, we tend to, uh, to blame uh, as an answer or to find a blame somewhere, but to ask what can I do, which is a very active uh, sort of uh, sort of question, so it, it really uh, predicts uh, some sort of action that I need to take, uh, make a plan on uh, on how to uh, to achieve it. Uh, I think this is a, a fantastic, fantastic advice for all our listeners. Um, Julie, listen, um, you mentioned before that everyone can be uh, self sabotaging themselves or have the the potential to do so. Um, I'm curious uh, about, um, I, I'm not asking statistics, but uh, in, uh, according to your experience, do men and women uh, are affected in the same way? Uh, there is perhaps a gender gap there. Yeah, so I, I would say men and women aren't affected in the same way 
but they both can have self-sabotaging behaviours. Um, and I actually, I tend to talk about feminine behaviours and masculine behaviours because uh, I'm aware that there are men who, who exhibit behaviours that were more commonly seen in women and vice versa. I've, I've mentored many men who exhibit sabotaging behaviours that I would associate with, with the female population. So I tend more to speak about feminine and masculine behaviours. And, and so the, the feminine behaviours do tend to be around the self-doubt, the modesty, the, the disease to please, um, the, the need to be liked. There are kind of more the feminine traits that can lead to sabotaging behaviour. Whereas the masculine traits tend to be more about you're looking for the attention. You want to be seen. You want to be heard. You want to be, you demand respect almost. And you you value the respect and the position that you achieve within your career. So you you have a, a, a more, a different set of values. And, and so that then leads to a different type of sabotage. So I would say that, yes, both sexes are, are capable of sabotaging themselves, um, career-wise or even relationship-wise, but the, the behaviours tend to be slightly different in a sort of masculine-feminine behaviours. So that, that's a, another uh, great um, nugget about it, uh, because if I understand correctly, the masculine uh, sort of trait is more to be um, sort of loud and uh, uh, wanted to be noticed, uh, you know, by, by others. While uh, the female trait is more to be the yes, uh, I can do this. Uh, yes, I can please you, uh, and uh, and put everyone else, um, you know, first and uh, perhaps themselves uh, in in the last uh, in the last place. So I think again, um, this is a, a fantastic uh, thing to to notice uh, and a golden nugget for our uh, listeners. So, what does it take really to uh, to change? And <laughs> you know, to change the con these connect um, conditions that that we create. Yeah, and and that is the process that I use when I'm coaching. Um, whether you're coaching with me or whether you, you pick up my course, I've got a five-step course that takes people through this if they're not ready for coaching and want to try it themselves. But there is basically five steps that you can take to go through that, that process. And the first one is, is what I mentioned earlier, is the recognition that you have a behaviour that's sabotaging. So, for example, say, say your behaviour is that you don't like bragging about yourself. You don't like claiming your achievements. You're, you're quite a modest individual. You kind of feel like you don't need to tell the world how good you are because if you just work really hard, they'll notice how good you are and then they'll promote you. And unfortunately, the world doesn't work like that. You have to put your hand up and say, I'm here and I'm really good at what I do and this is why I deserve the next opportunity. Um, so if you can recognise that, and you can recognise that that is something that's now holding you back in your career, one of the first steps is to, to try and understand what is the belief that you have behind that. So why do you believe that you shouldn't be in there bragging about how good you are? And a lot of it, as we've already mentioned, it could be rooted in modesty, it could be rooted in how you were brought up. Um, and it could be rooted in, in a belief. Uh, um, I, I know when I was brought up, 
I was brought up with the belief you work really, really hard. You get in there, you work really hard, you'll be noticed and rewarded. Um, and unfortunately, life isn't like that. You, you have to pop your head up and say, are you noticing me? <laughs> this is what I'm achieving and this is what I want from you. Um, so, so the first step is to recognise what the behaviour is and what is the belief that you have behind it. So what's driving you to that behaviour? The second step is then how do you change that belief? Hmm. What is it you need to believe, think differently that would allow you to choose a different behaviour? So in the example that I just gave, um, if you believe, if your current belief is that I shouldn't need to brag about my achievements, I shouldn't need to tell people about my achievements, they should be able to notice what I'm achieving. A different belief could be, um, well, actually, I need to make sure people do know that what I've achieved so that they know whether or not I'm the right person for the job, so that they know whether or not I deserve the promotion. It's my responsibility to make sure that they understand what I've achieved and what I want to accomplish going forward. So that's a different belief. That's a much more empowering belief. Right. So instead of believing that someone else should notice how good you are, you're now believing that it's your responsibility, you're taking control. So that's step two. The third step is then deciding on how you're going to change your behaviour. So a lot of our behaviours are habits. We, we just automatically go into that behaviour mode because that's what we've always done to whatever trigger is taking us down that habit. So the third step is to recognise that you're going to have to change that behaviour. What is the different behaviour that you want to have? So in this instance, the behaviour you want to have is to, to be able to talk about yourself without feeling uncomfortable, hmm. without feeling like it's wrong, to be able to talk about yourself in a very positive way that feels comfortable to you. So then you've recognised what's the behaviour, what's the belief behind it, You've decided on what your new beliefs should be. You've decided the behaviour change that you want. So the, the fourth step is then to create the goal, to create the plan, to make it happen, to execute on that. So, so in this kind of example, um, the first step actually might be to start learning to believe in yourself and your achievements. Sometimes the reason we don't talk about our achievements is because we actually don't recognise them for ourselves. So quite often what I get my clients to do in that kind of scenario is to start writing a journal, writing every week I get them saying, what, what amazing things have I achieved this week? What positive feedback did I get? What am I proud of? Start getting into the habit of recognising all the things that you do well because we're very good at focusing on the things that we don't do well. Right. Um, so this gets you into the habit of focusing on what you do really well and getting comfortable saying do you know what I had a really good week this week because I did this and I achieved that and, and by the way he said I was I was really good at my job or he thanked me for that piece of work that I did you know taking all the positives from the week and writing them down can often be the first step the next step might be putting some time in your boss's diary every week just to have a conversation with them to cover off what you achieved that week or monthly or whatever frequency you want to do it. So you create a plan that takes you from where you are now, not feeling comfortable talking about yourself, 
to where you want to be, the new behaviour that you want, which is to be able to comfortably walk into the box boss's office and say, I'm good, I know I'm good, and here's what help I need from you to get to the next step. So you go on a journey. And then the final step, step number five, is then how do you keep that going? So you don't just do it once and then quit. You want to maintain that momentum so that it just becomes a new habit. It becomes your go-to habit. So instead of going into that, that habit of hiding from talking about yourself, you've now developed a habit where you quite happily talk to anybody, not just your boss, but you talk to anybody about your achievements and what you've accomplished. So that's the five steps and a little bit of an example of how that might work. Wow, that, that I think it's, uh, it's very helpful uh, to anybody who... Um, suspect that they might be uh, self-sabotaging themselves. Um, what sort of qualities uh, do we need to create uh, to make sure that we stop and, and we embrace this, uh, uh, this journey? Um, so I would say is you have to decide that you're ready to do something about it. So recognize if you're not happy where you are right now, whatever situation, you have to look to yourself to say, I'm not ready to settle for this anymore. I want to make change. I want something better. I deserve something better. Now, what is it I need to do to make that happen? And then start the journey. Wow. And... You, you coach uh, a lot of people uh, about self-sabotaging. What are the uh, most common uh, obstacles or, or challenges that they, uh, they face in, uh, in their journey? <laughs> This is an objective question. Because uh, sometimes the obstacle we have is because we value the behavior. We value the belief that we have. We defend it and, and a whole... Uh, video in one of my courses just helping people recognize that um, because sometimes the value you place on a behavior is because the behavior has helped you in some way to achieve what you've already achieved so we talked about perfectionism well maybe attention to detail was what got you to where you are now but you want to move into some, something different so you want to move into a leadership role. Well, now that the values that your boss is looking for is different than the values that you had that got you to where you are now. Um, modesty is something that a lot of people really do value. I don't want to be that bragger that's always in the boss's office, the, the blowhard who's always saying what a great job he's doing, right? We, we, so we value our modesty when in actual fact it could be that. That's, that's holding us back from moving forward because we're not ready to, to, to take the next step. So sometimes the, the most common obstacles are because we defend our beliefs, we defend our behaviours, we defend, we defend them because we value them. And, and so that can be the most difficult thing is recognising that those behaviours have a place and those values have a place. Sometimes to take the next step, we need to broaden our behaviors, we need to broaden our values and we take on some other. So the challenge is essentially a resistance in uh, uh, getting 
uh, these these values, um, perhaps not go, but just embrace new ones that uh, can can help us uh, for for the future. And what about fear? Um, is there a place of uh, of fear in in moving forward? Because sometimes uh, I know that from my own uh, behavior, sometimes uh, there is a fear of failure. Uh, other times, uh, I think it's uh, almost fear of succeeding. Um, have you noticed something related to fear with, with some of the clients uh, that you had? Yeah, so, so definitely, particularly around the sort of more feminine forms of self-sabotage, they are often rooted in fear as well. Um, so again, it's it's examining what is that fear? Where does it stem from? What's the belief behind the thing that's driving that fear? So the fear of failure. Well, why do you believe you're going to fail? Right? Is what normally goes through our minds. Why do I believe? Why, why, why should I do this? Because I'm just going to fail, right? That's the kind of thing that goes through our minds. So, so asking the question, and asking it differently to say something along the lines of, well, what do I need to believe to know that I won't fail? Or what do I need to believe that failure is not a negative? Hmm. So often we have this fear of failure as a failure in itself or something really scary and really bad. <laughs> but sometimes failure can be what what then leads to us achieving success. And there's all sorts of stories all over YouTube of all these people that achieve success through multiple failures or actually the failure leads them to discover something that they hadn't been looking for in the first place. So, so understanding why you fear failure is the first step. See, it's all about taking the steps, understanding why you have that belief, examining how you can move to have a more empowering belief and what that belief needs to be. Understanding the behaviours and the habits you have that are rooted in that belief and then creating a plan and, 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 and then keeping up the momentum. It's always the same five steps. It, it, it may vary depending on what your fear is, what the sabotaging behaviour is, the, the actions and the results will be different, but the five steps never really change. It's the five steps that I always take my clients through every time. They don't realize they're going through five steps, but they are because I'm walking them through that process. And so if you can learn to apply that process in any situation where you feel your behavior is holding you back or you fear something or you feel a lack of confidence, following those five steps is exactly what you need to do to then move you forward. Wow. And now, uh, obviously, if you uh, self-sabotage, you are not doing uh, harm to anybody uh, around you other than yourself but um, sometimes perhaps uh, it can be frustrating for for a partner uh, because you might have uh, complaints all the time that you are stuck and you you cannot achieve uh, the next level you cannot get the job you want and all these sort of situations so for someone that is instead of living with uh, a partner who tends to self-sabotage and for them is very clear that that message <laughs> and that sort of behavior 
Um, what can we advise for them? Uh, how they can approach their partner and lead them basically to uh, a change in behavior that possibly will get there, uh, you know, to get what they want? That is a really tough question. <laughs> um, yeah, if I just think about my own relationship, my husband, uh, my, my husband does not take well to be coached. <laughs> and, 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 and so sometimes when I see him in, in self-sabotage mode, it's, it's, it's very difficult um, to restrain myself from going into coaching mode. Um, so I think one of the things, if you recognise that someone else um, is, is, is involved in that kind of behaviour, it is about opening up the conversation um, now, if the if the, the individual themselves is not aware of it, um, it's opening up the conversation in a very non-critical way. I would say would be a start. So, if I take a an example of one of my clients, um, I have a client who suffers really bad anxiety related to trauma in her past, and she's she's seen a trauma counsellor for that, um, and she's seen me for help objects. Um, and, and so one of the things that her husband is very good at doing um, is actually pointing out to her when things are going well, rather than pointing out when things are going not well. So, for example, uh, when they were, they were in the, the city for the day and on the way home, he just turned around and said, did you notice that you didn't get anxious today when we were in town? Normally she would. Normally large groups of people set off their anxiety. So she hadn't noticed that. Um, There's another situation where in conversation with somebody and they walked away and he said, did you notice how how good a conversation that was that you had with that individual? So so he, he's very good at very subtly, because he, he knows that she, obviously that she's going through this. She has already taken a conscious decision that she wants to change her behaviours. Um, so he he makes sure that she doesn't not notice because she doesn't. She actually doesn't realise when, when she's doing things very positively. So he just makes sure that she sees it and so she reflects on it. And I, I think that's a very supportive way of helping someone. So rather than agreeing with them or pointing out their feelings, if, you're, if your partner is coming to you and saying, it's a disaster, I'm hopeless, I just can't do this, I can't achieve that. Then rather than try to fix them in that moment, because they won't listen to you in that moment, they've already gone into that emotional state. They really do need someone professional like the coach to help them through that emotional state. Well, you could help move them away from that emotional state and then look for opportunities to persistently point out when they do something positive, persistently point out when they talk about something positive at work, so that you're opening their, you're opening up their brain to recognizing the stuff that they're at the moment choosing to ignore because they're focusing on all, all the negative stuff. Oh, I love that. So there are two aspects uh, to to bear in mind. The first you mentioned, don't um, support them basically in their complaint and stay away from those moments. So don't uh, uh, support them. In, in blaming or complaining about the situation. And in that moment, they cannot 
uh, understand anything other than what they are basically saying. So that's uh, a first already very good advice. And the other is uh, uh, just in a very subtle way, let them notice when things go well. And I like um, what you mentioned about this, uh, uh, the husband of, of this client of yours, uh, did you notice? Uh, it's, it's a very gentle, very, very nice uh, way of uh, approaching and, uh, um, you know, underlying that something has happened and it was positive. And uh, I really like that. So uh, another fantastic advice for all our listeners. Um, Julie, what, uh, what is the, or what are uh, perhaps the signs that we are on a road to recovery from self-sabotaging? The signs can be subtle. They can be transformational. It really depends on the type of journey you're on. Um, I've had clients who, at the end of their journey, just say things like, I just feel different. Mm. I feel like I can handle things that I couldn't handle before. Um, I have other clients who, who just have a, a moment in time where something just clicks for them and all of a sudden they're off doing things that they didn't think they could do. Um, so for everyone it is different. But the signs are that you do start feeling more positive. You do feel in control. So one of the things is that you've taken that step to recognise that you can, it's your behaviour, it's your beliefs, they're all yours, so it's really up to you whether you continue to have the same behaviours and the same beliefs or whether you choose to adopt some new behaviours and new beliefs. So once you have that, that recognition that it's, 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 it's in your power to make change, that can be transformational. That can be huge for some people. Um, so, as I say, it depends on the type of journey that you're on. It can be a gentle journey and just at some point, a couple of months down the line, you just look back and you think, Something's changed. I feel different. Or it can be that that big transformational, yeah, I, I can take on this challenge because I know I'm in a different place. Um, but the key thing is, is to look for things feeling better, be making more progress in your career, starting to get opportunities, changes in your relationship where maybe you're not bickering as much, maybe, maybe you're doing things together or you feel more connected with each other, whatever it is you will start to notice changes. And for those instead uh, with children, how can we uh, sort of empower those children to grow into adults that are um, confident in themselves, but in the right way? So they um, will be away from these uh, behaviors uh, that can uh, sabotage themselves. Yeah, that's a really interesting one. Um, I, I don't actually work with children, um, but it's interesting the number of my clients who recognise that a lot of their behaviours are rooted in their childhood and how they were brought up. And I, I always talk about how, if you ever notice, we all, we all do notice, when, when children are babies, when they're toddlers, they have no fear. They, 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 they don't fear failure, otherwise they would never walk because they fail more times than they succeed until they actually manage to start walking again. Um, they never fear taking on new challenges. They, they'll climb trees, they'll scale mountains. They don't care. If, they, if there's something at the top of that 
counter that they want, they will find a way of getting from the floor to the countertop to get what they wanted. They have this, this, this abundance of confidence and this total lack of fear. Fear comes from personal experience, right? If they, if they do try and do something and they fall and hurt themselves, then they might be a bit more cautious about doing it a second time. But a lot of the fear comes from the adults in their lives. And it's not intentional. But if you listen to adults when they talk to the children and, and listen to them saying things like, don't do that, you might fall and hurt yourself. Or, 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 or don't do that because it, it could go wrong. And um, we start to instill fears in them that weren't there before because of our fears that we don't want them to get hurt. We don't want to, them to feel pain. Um, and it, it's it's subtle, but it builds and builds. I remember listening to someone, um, a friend of mine, actually, who was talking about his son. Um, and his son had decided for a year that he wanted to be a footballer. And his father, instead of supporting that that goal that he wanted to achieve gave him a reality check that he probably won't ever become a famous footballer. So what do you want to do for you? A real job. How many times have you hear parents saying, yeah, I know you want to be an actress, but what do you want to do for a real job? You want to become an astronaut? What's the real job that we can train you to do, right? Um, so there's that kind of subtle, and we don't do it, we don't mean to rain on their dreams. We believe we're being helpful because we want them to focus on things that we think will help them succeed when they get to adulthood. In actual fact, those very subtle behaviours are then ingrained into how we then behave. And so if you tell your child not to brag to the other children about how amazing they are, then we grow up not bragging to our bosses about how amazing we are. Subtle, but it happens. So be aware of how what you say and how you behave might be influencing the children in your life. So it's uh, that often we project basically our own fears uh, on them and uh, uh, we prevent them uh, from, from dreaming and from achieving those, uh, those dreams. I, I think that's, uh, uh, that's a fantastic, fantastic advice. And in fact, while uh, you were talking, um, it came back to me uh, something that I heard a, a while ago. It's a, a story of a, a father um, who's um, every single uh, night uh, used to ask her, his daughter, uh, how many times did you fail today? And his daughter said, well, you know, I failed at this, at this, at this. I said, well done you. Come back tomorrow with more. And it was uh, a way of saying, you know, you, you try and uh, uh, don't, don't take failure as a, as a bad thing. You, you, you go on, you, you try. And, and fail more tomorrow because, you know, that uh, builds you. So, I, 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 think, I think I might have used a different question in that scenario. <laughs> but uh, but um, I, his heart was in the right place, definitely. And it is about, as I say, another way to do that is just every night saying to your child, what did you achieve today? What are you proud of? Who gave you some positive things? Here's what I'm proud of you for doing. And, like, it's like doing, it's like doing your gratitude journal. Um, they don't have to be big things. So I'm proud that you went up and gave your gran a hug there. She really needed it. It made her feel better. It makes them feel better because you've told them that they've had a positive impact on something. 
But sometimes I think it's uh, just a, um, a way of protecting them. Uh, mm. You know, it, it, it's uh, we love them. We don't want them to to fail according to the uh, standard uh, definition of failure that um, we as society uh, have and we pass uh, to, to future uh, generations. Uh, well, in and, fact, and, and, oops, sorry, Rosanna. Uh, no, uh, just to say that basically what we do in in, uh, in reality, in actual fact, is just to stop them from, from dreaming, as we said before. But please, uh, go ahead. Uh, there's there's, there's um, a way of uh, giving feedback that I think might be quite helpful with this as well, as if you have um, a child who does beat themselves up because they failed. Um, and, and, and sometimes, and, and that leads to, folk, like we all do, you focus on failure and not necessarily on anything else, is, is to, to, to first of all say, well, in that situation, what, what did go well? What are you proud of? What, did, what were you happy with? And then in a situation where they, they're focused on the failure, you say, well, how could it be better tomorrow? What would you do differently tomorrow? The next time you're in that situation, what do you want to do differently so you get a different outcome? So already you're moving them to focus on the fact that they failed into focusing on them, what they're going to do differently the next time to try and drive a different outcome. And, and so that's a great way of then taking the positive from the failure and, and asking them to, to focus on what they want the next time. Wow. Um, Julie, uh, you know that this uh, podcast is called Forgive and Thrive. And uh, uh, what I uh, meant with that is uh, that forgiveness or self-forgiveness uh, are a necessary step to overcome challenges and uh, uh, ultimately to thrive. Uh, what are your thoughts about it? And is there any place or room for self-forgiveness, forgiveness in general, uh, when stopping uh, sabotaging uh, ourselves? For sure, absolutely. And I, and I think if you recognize you have a sabotaging behavior, it's first and foremost to forgive yourself. Do you have it normally for a very good reason? Either it's protecting you or it's helped you in some way in the past, so you've continued to. Um, but actually, one of the behaviors, um, the self sabotaging behaviors, can be quite common, uh, particularly in the female population, is self ruminating, is beating ourselves up for the mistakes that we've made, for the things that have gone wrong. The, there, there is quite a high, high percentage of the female population who will look back on the failure and only focus on the failure and consistently beat ourselves up for committing the atrocity of failing <laughs> or for embarrassing ourselves through that failure. Um, when in actual fact, that is a self-sabotaging behaviour. Just the, the, the lack of forgiving oneself for, for failure and moving on from it, not having the ability to move on from it. So absolutely, it's, I would say forgiveness is part of the process to, to move forward. I think if you stay stuck in ruminating, then it's very hard to move forward in any behaviour, in any change in belief that you want to have. If you go into that five-step process, not not allowing yourself to say, I forgive myself, now I want something better and different, um, then that would be very, very different. Wow. Um, I'm a little bit um, conscious of, uh, of the time. 
uh, aware of the time. And uh, I want to come back uh, before going uh, on you and uh, to know what you are doing right now, what you have uh, in, uh, in the pipeline. Um, is there anything that you want to share with us? Well, yeah, I would love to share. So, so my coaching, I, I do. I either do personal one-to-one -one coaching or I do group, group coaching. And it's all around confidence. I recognize that a lack of confidence people have in themselves can actually hold them back from getting the help that they need and getting the coaching. So one of the things that I have done is taking the five steps that I take my coaching clients through and I've put it into a video course. So now you can go online, you can get access to the video course. It will take you through step one, two, three, four, five, um, with short videos that you can consume quite easily where I teach you to, to listen to what's happening up here. But I also complement that by giving you um, workbooks and journals for each video that ask you quality questions to help you through the process of asking yourself why you have those beliefs and what you can do differently. I also don't let you do it totally on your own because I think trying to do things on your own is very, very difficult. So I also have a Facebook community group where purchase the five steps, you come into that group, you can get help from me, you get help from the other people going through their journeys. Um, so yeah, I would like to say to anyone out there, if you feel like you need help, but you lack the confidence or the courage to, to get some coaching, to get some help, then yeah, pick up a course like mine, the five steps, and, and it, at least be coached by me through video and through workbooks, and don't, don't just do it with me. Fantastic. And just to mention that we will put all uh, uh, the links in the episode description uh, for today's uh, episode. Um, so if you want to have something like a one take home message that our listeners um, took home uh, from today's conversation, what that would be? Become more self-aware. Become aware of the behaviors that you have. Become aware of the impact that they're having on your life or on your career. And understand what is the belief you have behind that behavior. Do you want to do something about it? It's all about becoming more self-aware. It is so empowering once you realize how your behaviors are influencing your outcomes and the fact that you have you can do something about it. Wow. Well, uh, I hope that this episode has uh, really provided food for thoughts on uh, how easy and at the same time difficult to uh, find out uh, if we are self-sabotaging ourselves can be. Um, I want to leave you with, uh, with a quote from uh, Alice Cornyn Selby, who said, self-sabotage is when we say we want something and they go, then go about making sure it doesn't happen. Uh, Julie, uh, thank you so much for being with us today and uh, sharing your experience, your knowledge and, uh, uh, and your story with us. Uh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me to take part. Our pleasure. So we would like to know uh, what you think about this topic. Uh, are you sabotaging yourself? Uh, if so, are there specific challenges that perhaps we didn't uh, address today? If so, uh, please get in touch. 
And also don't forget to check Julie's webpage uh, and to follow her on social media or uh, as she mentioned, uh, to check her uh, online course. Um, join me next time when we will continue exploring inspiring and challenging situations. Because remember, we are together in this journey. Remember, forgiveness is like a muscle. The more you practice, the stronger and more effective it becomes. If you haven't done it yet, you can subscribe by clicking the subscribe button below. If you know anybody who could benefit from the topics discussed in this show, do some good and share the link with them. If you have a story that you want to share with us, comments or suggestions on topics you would like to be explored, send me an email at forgiventrive at gmail.com. Reviews will also be very much appreciated. And with this, it's a wrap. Till next time, thank you and goodbye.